This is the final whistle on Ocean FM. Golf's West of Ireland Championship is bringing back the old format and the fans' favourite. Easter Sunday match play returns to the County Sligo links. It's down to business this weekend for Donegal Sligo and Leitrim Gaelic footballers in the Allianz Football League. Donegal will try to manage expectations around Jim McGuinness in Division 2 should Sligo and Leitrim be raising theirs in Divisions 3 and 4. We'll hear from Manus Boyle, Noel Maguire and Martin McGowan. And you're welcome to the programme. This is Austin O'Callaghan. Here are the contact details. It's 083 3500 530 by WhatsApp and by text. Sport at oceanfm.ie is the email address and you'll find us on Twitter as well at Ocean FM Sport. Also coming up, Sligo Rovers get their man, even if it is just on a loan deal for part of the League of Ireland season. We'll hear from the returning goalkeeper, Ed McGinty, who is back at the showgrounds for the new SSE Airtricity League Premier Division season. Also coming up, we'll hear from Connacht Rugby's Jared Butler, who'll be in Sligo Town Centre tomorrow afternoon to do a meet and greet. He won't just be talking rugby, he'll be talking skin care as well. More on that anon. Let's begin with some Colleges Gaelic Games results tonight for you. Clare Galway through to the Connacht Colleges Senior A Football Final after beating Rice College of Westport this evening in their semi by 30 13 points to a goal and six. The Galway School now await the winners of Friday night semi-final in Bacon. That's Summerhill College, the holders, taking on St. Gerald's of Castle Bar. And in third level Gaelic football, ATU Sligo's freshers have had a good evening. They've beaten the University of Galway in their latest championship match by 113 to 13 points. And so to the Allianz Football League, which returns this weekend. We will talk Donegal in a short while in Division 2, but we're going to start in Division 3, where Sligo will head to Cusick Park in Ennis this Sunday to play Clare in the post-Colum Collins era. Sligo, remember, lost their opening Division 4 league game to Leash this time last year, and then went on to on a six-game winning run to clinch promotion. So what are Sligo's realistic league ambitions this time around? Here's their team captain Niall Murphy. We're hoping to <coughs> to go far again and to be in it down the stretch. So I think I know our last two games are at home. So well, if we can set ourselves up with a chance to put into those last two games, I think we'd be we'd be giving ourselves uh, a little bit of hope. You know, it's difficult to know this group hasn't really played at the, this level. We've been in Division Four for a number of years, so it is it is hard to know. But we're uh, we, we're definitely eyeing up uh, you know the top of the table at the end of the end of the campaign and. Uh, as I said, we two home games towards the end, so we can get ourselves in the position by then. We can definitely give ourselves a bit of a chance for, for being promoted, but uh, definitely first things first is to stay in the division for sure. But I think we've seen down for the years, even other other teams do back-to-back, so but we have a bit of hope from that previous history with other teams, so um, yeah, look, we'll see where it takes us, but um, definitely be, be eyeing up, be up the top of the table anyway. That's Niall Murphy, the Sligo captain, and here's Sligo selector Noel Maguire on the preparations for this league campaign. It is obviously a bit of a change in the guard there with with, with Colum um, moving moving aside after a good number of years and a number of players as well retiring and and other commitments regarding guys that are just taking a break or guys are travelling or whatever. But um, I suppose my own experience playing against Clare over the years is. 
you know, no matter who they have on the field, they're 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 all they're very committed and they're very dedicated to the player jersey. And um, you know, I think they have a new coach in there as well. So you know, they, they they'll be they'll be keen to make an impression. And I think that they'll probably look at Sligo as 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 maybe you know one of the teams that they can take in this in this division. A team that came up from Division Four. They're obviously after coming down from two, so. They'll be targeting us big time as well. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think that um, I don't think that it's going to be a huge factor. I just think it's 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 pretty much a case of us just having our, our heads right for this game and take approaching it in the right way. I mean, mentally uh, strong for it because the first game last year we got we got caught by leash at home and it was it was it was one of those games where we really had put a big focus on winning and it didn't work out for us so we have to be just careful that we that we have the right mindset going into this game and not uh, not thinking of their situation or, or or where they're at we have to be fully focused on ourselves and getting ourselves right and getting a big performance and um that's what we're putting a lot of our time and effort into the, in the last number of weeks we're looking that we want to be challenging at the at the upper end of this division and I think obviously we got a taste for it and the guys players got a taste for it last year getting promoted and we mar- missed out nearly the year before so yeah there's there's definitely a hunger and a desire there to to push on in this division and uh, as you say look at it obviously it, it's it's challenging in terms of the teams that are in it but um look at that's where this group of players see themselves um, you know that's 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 the goal. That's where they want to get to. And obviously, as I said already, with the the influx of the the twenties, the two Connacht winning teams, and um, you know the panel is 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 continuing to evolve and gets gets stronger from year to year. So yeah, we have to we have to be looking that way. And the players are, are very much pushing that. And um, you know they they want they want to be challenging and uh, doing everything we can to, to, to push on and, and and progress out of this this division again. We're not making any secret of that. First game is it's always a big game in the league and um the fact that it's away from home puts a little bit it's 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 a it's a little bit more of a challenge. But um yeah I think it, you want to get you want to get points on the board. Uh, if you can get them early on, happy days. You know, I don't think we, we can afford to be you know, letting, letting uh, any opportunity that comes our way if, if we're in this game at, you know, seven or eight, ten minutes to go, um, I, I'm, it's going to be tight, like, and we want to push on and make sure that we that we get the job done and shortly I'll be thinking the same thing, but, yeah, look, we just want, we just want to try and get out of the blocks early and get get moving in the division, get on get on the board and, and take it in every game from there. Sligo selector Noel Maguire ahead of Clare against Sligo this Sunday at Cusick Park in Ennis, a game you'll hear live here on Ocean FM from 2 o'clock, courtesy of Oates Breheny Group. The Sligo fixtures in Division 3 away to Clare this Sunday, then home to Wicklow on Sunday week the 4th of February. All of Sligo's games in Division 3 this season are Sunday afternoon throw-ins, all seven at two o'clock, so you can plan your diary with reasonable certainty if you're a Sligo supporter during this Allianz Football League campaign. Their third game is away to Limerick in Rathkeel on Sunday the 18th of February. Then it's home to Antrim in match four at Markovic Park. Sunday, March the 3rd, they go to Newry to play the promotion fancied down in this division. Then the last two games are both at home for Sligo, not a bad league run-in. St. Patrick's Day, Sunday the 17th of March, home to Offaly at Markovic 
Greenwich Park and then on March 24th at home to Westmeath again at Markovich. That's Division 3 for Sligo. What about Division 4 for Leitrim? We gather Keith Byrne won't be part of the Leitrim 26-man panel for this Sunday's Division 4 opener against Waterford as he continues to work his way back to fitness. Leitrim, remember, were close to promotion in the dying minutes of their game against Sligo last season and that turned their league around when they were caught at the end by the Yates County and indeed you could argue their championship campaign when they lost to New York just a couple of weeks later. Let's have a word with Leitrim's Martin McGowan who will be part of the Ocean FM Sport commentary team in Dungarvan this Sunday. And Martin, we're into year three of Andy Moran's tenure as manager. Is this a year of expectation now? Uh, it would be coming very close to it, Austin, all right. Um, I, I suppose it, it would have a very sort of a, a similar ring to it that it had for Tony McEntee last year. We, Tony McEntee went into year three last year and as the, the, your previous guest had said, you know, they'd been they'd been smarting from coming so close to promotion and it kind of drove them on a wee bit. And Leitrim, you know, as you rightly said, you know, I mean, in a game, to be fair, where, where Sligo had been the better side for large parts of the game, Leitrim rolled back into that game late on and led in the dying minutes of the game only for, you know, the little bit of class like Sean Carbine getting up for that last score I mean we all remember that we're there in Carrick and it was the difference really to get Sligo over the line and get them promoted and Leitrim didn't and you know they had to go out two weeks later and play New York indeed minus four players that had played against Sligo but be that as it may I think this year going forward Andy will be looking to go that one step further and it really it all starts on Sunday with that first game. You know, at, at this sort of level, Austin, at county football level, you can't afford to be thinking of promotion for your first game. Your focus really has to be on going down to Dungarvan and doing a job. The fixture list for Division 4 for Leitrim, and I'm going to go through it now in just a second. You could make an argument that it's potentially an inviting start for Andy Morenside against the first two games against Waterford and London. They're not easy, but you would say to yourself, potentially winnable. But then you look at the run-in in March. It's away to Longford, who've just won the Burn Cup, beating Dublin again. Then uh, against Leash away, who narrowly missed out on promotion from Division 4 last season on scoring difference. And then Tipperary, who have been... A sort of a heavyweight in the mid-tier of, of Gaelic football in, in, in recent seasons. Um, so when you weigh that up, Martin, where do you come down in terms of realistic prospects for Leitrim this term? Well, Austin, I'm very much a glass half full man, as you well know. And I, 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 I always look at the, and I absolutely agree with you about the, 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 the inviting looking start. And I will say inviting looking. Uh, I mean, you, uh, Waterford has been the graveyard for a number of promotion runs for Leitrim teams in the past. Sean Hagen, um, indeed Desi Dolan, uh, Mickey Morn, all went down to Waterford and came a cropper there when promotion was very much, you know, in the balance. And then you go, you go to play London, and London showed a bit of form in the Connacht League there, beating a, a developmental Mio, Mio side. But uh, uh, nonetheless, you know, they did beat them. And, you know, they, they didn't exactly just die a horrible death when they went out to play in their semi-final either uh, against Roscommon. They were well behind at, at times, but they, they, they stuck at their task. So the, and 
to be fair, a lot of those players would be well known to Leitrim. We would have seen them over the last couple of years in both league and championship. So the players will be well accustomed to each other. I suppose the advantage for Leitrim is having London at home venue. And they follow that up, as you rightly said, Austin, then with a home game against Wexford. And I suppose there would be Something in that for Leitrim, they may be looking along the lines of a bit of a revenge for last year because our Leitrim's unbeaten record uh, in the league last year ended with that game in, in Wexford, if memory serves me correctly. That was the game, that, the first game that Leitrim lost in the league. And uh, they lost to Wicklow as well above an above an Akram before losing the last match to Sligo. So, uh, I mean, that's ultimately where Leitrim came down. They did beat Leash, you know, so uh, there's something there. And then a local derby with Longford. I mean, as we've seen last year, you know, like Sligo were coming in on the back of a couple of years where they'd gone close promotion and had had a very good league campaign, but very nearly got derailed in the last league game by by nearly being caught by Leitrim. And you see, the same thing you could say of Leitrim and Longford. Uh, it's a local derby. There's a very large border up there, Bornacoola, Gortletra, Anaduff. Those clubs would be very close to the Longford border. So there'd be a lot of local rivalry in that game. And that's one of those sort of games that could go anyway. And if you can get to that stage, being in the hunt for promotion, then really and truly, you know, I mean, those two last two games, if... If it's in the balance, anything can happen in them. Did you, or can Leitrim fans glean anything from Leitrim's performance in the FBD match in the Airdome against Galway? I know Galway were doing a bit of experimentation themselves, but did you get a sense of what maybe Andy Moore and his management team were working on in particular over the winter months? Yeah, well, look, at I mean, straight away, I see a lot of young lads that were actually introduced there. You know, there were still a couple of lads that were under 20, under 20 this year, actually, in um, Barry McNulty and Jack Foley both uh, made their senior debuts for, for Leitrim. But Jamie McGrail from the Ballantera Club, he had an outstanding first half, and I suppose he ran himself into the ground that first half. And you know the metrics probably said that he was he was entitled to a bit of a rest, and that's a big step up for for him from senior football. But be that as it may, you know Andy has a very young squad there at the minute. Now he do he 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 did have a number of players that were carrying hamstring injuries and knocks and all that sort of thing. And he alluded to the fact about Keith Byrne. Keith Byrne played most of last year with an injury, and you know he played through the, played through the pain for for all of the all of the the championship and uh, and the Talchon Cup. So I mean, it's been a long road back for him. He had club commitments and all that, and he's not back yet. But they have got the returning guys from last year that were missing last year in Ryan O'Rourke and also Donald Casey. And they were two really key players that Leitrim missed for almost the whole league last year. Actually, Donald Casey got injured uh, in the second game of the league. And Leitrim didn't lose when Donald Casey, I think it was Leitrim went two or three games unbeaten with Donald Casey playing at centre-half back. He really is a fine, fine player. And he's one of those guys that Leitrim would be looking at sort of be a, to be a leader in defence along with Donald, along with Donald, um, Donald Rin. I meant just a word on, on Ryan O'Rourke. It was good to see him back in the FPD a couple of weeks ago. Is there a danger that Leitrim supporters might expect too much too quickly from him given they know what his pedigree in front of goal can be but he's been out and hampered by injury for an awful long time even a man of his ability it's going to take a while for him to find his medium pitch isn't it? 
Ah, it, 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 of course, of course it is. But you know, he he's he's a quality player, as you said. He absolutely lit up the championship in Leitrim last year. He was top scorer for a large part of the championship, really and truly. Uh, he 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 was very very good for Fina in the in the, in the club championship and showed the return to form and showed showed I suppose the Leitrim public what he was what, what they were missing what they were missing with um with, with him with him being absent from the county squad last year. So look at. I mean, it, you would like to think that in, in Keith's absence, Ryan will be leading the forward line there. You know, certainly he's got that ability to, to unlock defences. And, you know, at any level, regardless what what division you're operating in, Division 2, Division 3, Division 4, as it is for Leitrim, you need forwards that can unlock defences. Well, take a good slurp out of your glass half full, Martin McGowan, and give me your sense for Leitrim this weekend, first of all against Waterford what's your gut telling you uh, my, my, my gut I suppose like all the all the indications coming from Waterford would be that it's not a very happy place at the moment now I mean you're you're reading into media reports and different things that are going on online and that so it's very hard to know. Sometimes that can galvanise a squad, you know, and they can come together, you know. And I've seen that happening on many as an occasion before, but. I just think there's a bit of a bond there. Andy has done a very good job with the with the, with the, with the Leitrim lads. I think there's a very good bond there, and I expect Leitrim to go down there and get themselves uh, get themselves a victory first time out uh, on um, on Sunday against Waterford, and that would be my my prediction for Sunday. I think Leitrim will come away with a win. We like that glass half full. Martin McGowan, as always, thank you very much. And Martin will be part of our commentary team on Ocean FM this Sunday at Fraherfield. It's a two o'clock throw-in for Waterford against Leitrim. And John Lynch and Martin will be describing the action for you from Dungarvan this Sunday across the Ocean FM sport platforms. To remind you of Leitrim's fixture run, Waterford this Sunday at two. Then on Sunday week, the 4th of February, as Martin mentioned, home to London and Carrick. Then at match three is another home match, Wexford in Carrick at 2pm on the 18th of February. Then on February 25th, they go to Carlo. That's a Sunday afternoon throw-in, 2 o'clock. March the 3rd, Glennon Brothers Pierce Park for Longford. Then Sunday, St. Patrick's Day, the 17th of March, they go to Port Leash to play Leash. And the last game is a home one in Carrick against Tipperary with a 1 o'clock throw-in on Sunday, the 24th of March. It's three home games and four away ones for Andy Morn and Leitrim in 2024. We we will talk uh, Donegal in a short while with Manus Boyle a little bit later on. We're going to switch for a moment to golf. This year's Conley Audi West of Ireland Championship at County Sligo Golf Club at Ross's Point is going to have a very familiar look and feel to it. Confirmation from Golf Ireland today that the 2024 edition is reverting to its traditional format of two rounds of qualifying followed by the top 64 players contesting match play golf from Easter Sunday onwards. For the last couple of years stroke play counted for three rounds with just the best 16 scores making it through to the match play phase of the West of Ireland. Mark Worley Championships and Rules Director for Golf Ireland, who's also a Sligo man, has been explaining the rationale behind this latest format change to the West. So Aston, I suppose in, in the first instance obviously the West of Ireland Championship Committee embarked on a two year trial um, with a new form. Uh, a type of format that has been uh, utilised in Australia um, and South Africa in the past for, for amateur championships, but never in Ireland. 
Um, and I suppose there was a bit of enterprise and, and ambition around that. Um, but having, having gone through it, I think certainly the clear, um, feedback from the club's point of view, uh, in the first instance is that the, the traditional format of two rounds of match play or two rounds of stroke play, I should say, with, uh, with 64 qualifying for match play, um, uh, was preferable having gone through that, uh, that experience. And I, and I suppose speaking to players, um, taking, taking their pulse on it, um, trying out several things across the two years trial uh, in order to give it the best chance possible. Uh, it's now felt that um, from the committee's point of view, uh, reverting to the traditional format is, um, is preferable. And I suppose from our point of view at a national level, looking at this in terms of the 10 events that are on the Bridgestone Tour, of which the West is, is, is one of the, the centrepieces, a number of other things have changed in the last couple of years as well. We've seen the North of Ireland Championship move to straight stroke play, so there's no match play now at the North of Ireland Championship at all. We've also, um, uh, from the ha- having having polled the elite panelists, uh, we've also made the Irish Amateur Close Championship a straight stroke play championship as well. So there's no match play in that either, and that means basically that. The, the only competitions in Ireland uh, at elite amateur level in which there is a match play element uh, are now uh, the West of Ireland Championship and the South of Ireland Championship. So the, the proportion of match play increasing, certainly from a national perspective, makes perfect sense in terms of ensuring that there is still match play golf uh, for elite amateurs uh, on our competition programme. So I think it's, it's, it's timely and certainly from the club's perspective, it's welcome. And from our perspective, we're, we're certainly um, very, very open to, to, to going back to this format. So um, uh, we're looking forward to it. And certainly, I, I think from those of us that have uh, watched the West of Ireland Championship in the past, and I know certainly Easter Sunday was one of my favourite days on the golf course, uh, going back uh, over the years uh, with all the match matches that there were, with all of the surprises and the upsets that you might get. Uh, we have that to look forward to again, so uh, we're certainly looking forward to that. Easter is early this year, Mark, but the West will only have finished and we'll be looking forward to the return of the Flowgas Irish Amateur Open coming back to County Sligo. Yeah, it, it's great. It's great that we have it back um, so soon. It's great that the, the club can facilitate it um, and we're certainly really excited to bring it back. Um, obviously, we we had the Irish amateur in uh, the Irish men's amateur in 2019 uh, in in County Sligo, and it was a really successful event. We got a really good international field. Um, uh, we obviously um, we had some some great scoring. We had Ronan Mullary's course record um, uh, in it as well. So, I mean, and certainly from our point of view, the golf course played really well, set up really well. Um, and we're looking forward to, to, to doing it all again. That's Mark Worley, Championships and Rules Director with Golf Ireland. So how is news of the return of the traditional match play format for the West being received locally? Kevin Flanagan is a member of the West of Ireland Championship Committee. Oh, I think it'll be very well received. I mean, I, 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 I think it'll be unanimously received. I, I don't, I can't, I haven't heard anyone say otherwise. Um, It'll bring a bigger buzz to the place. I think having 64 to qualify just gives more fellas a chance. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think everybody I've spoken to is looking forward to it.
There is an historic affection for match play on an Easter Sunday at the West. And as Mark Worley's outlined, understandably, organisers had a look at other formats and tried changing things. They've come back to, I suppose, what what, uh, the local golfing community likes best. Yeah, that's right. Match play is more attractive to watch. And um, and I know last year, I mean, the weather was shocking, but still, there just wasn't quite the same buzz around the place uh, on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's um, uh, the decision is, is, is as I said earlier is very well received. I think I think it's the right one. How do you think the players will react to, to this news? I suppose if we look at what we're used to seeing on, on television, the big pro majors, you know, the, the, the experts tell us the leaderboard doesn't lie. Whoever's top of the leaderboard at the end of four rounds of stroke play, he or she is the best player out there for that particular tournament. But part of sport is the un, unpredictable nature uh, of it, of competition, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. As, uh, yeah like I, I, with over over thirty six holes of stroke play, anyone in the field can finish in the top sixty four. Really, they're all good enough to do that. But when it comes down to fifty four holes of stroke play and sixteen, it generally is the top lads. And top lads do prefer stroke play, and the top lads do better in stroke play. Match play, you know, you you you, you don't have to be a, a pretty golfer to win a match. You know, so. Um, uh, I I would think actually some players, in fact, I heard subsequently avoided the West last year because of the that format, and, and hopefully they'll be back um, this year. Now that now that we've gone back to it, and it is that thing, you know, in a match play where an underdog can cause a surprise. That prospect is something that excites fans as well as players. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that hopefully we'll, we'll see better crowds. And a, a better interest in, in things. I think. I think we will. The local lads as well will probably get. Will hopefully see some more local interest as well, which 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 again will, will generate a bit of excitement. And County Sligo finally, Kevin, in for quite the year because in addition to the West of Ireland coming in at the end of March, you, you're going to have the return of the Flogas Irish Amateur Open in May. Yeah, which is great. Obviously, the biggest amateur event in Ireland every year, and this is our third time to host it. And uh, it normally attracts the best amateurs in in, in Europe, uh, based in Europe. Uh, um, so we 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 should get players from Germany and France and Austria, places like that, and obviously all the top English, Scottish, and Welsh lads. Hopefully, will be coming as well. So that that. that you know, if, if you're interested in amateur golf and interested in seeing the stars of the future, it'll be well worth going to going, going out there on the second weekend in May, I think it is. You held the event four years ago. The fact that it's coming back so soon, is that a vote of confidence for County Sligo that the Golf Ireland have looked at this and said, well, County Sligo did a good job the last time, attracted a lot of international players, so away we go again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it says a lot for the course, and the course is getting better all the time, thanks to Mark Worley and his team. And uh, um, yeah, as a venue, it's it's perfect. The members all row in behind as well, and we get great volunteerism in, in the club around these championships. So I can't find appreciate that. And um, yeah, we're delighted. It's 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 an honour, and we're 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 forward to it.
That's County Sligo Golf Club's Kevin Flanagan. The Connolly's Audi West of Ireland takes place at the end of March. Easter, remember, is early this year. So the dates, Good Friday, March 29th to Easter Tuesday, April the 2nd. And for the Flow Gas Irish Amateur Open, which also comes to County Sligo Golf Club, the dates for that, May the 9th to the 12th. When we come back after the break, Ed McGinty is a Sligo Rovers player again. Final Whistle with Austin O'Callaghan. Well, Ed McGinty is a Sligo Rovers player again. The Scot returned to the showgrounds this week on a short-term loan deal for the new League of Ireland season. He'll be with Rovers until the end of June after a loan move from Oxford United in English League One. McGinty's been speaking to Donald Ryan about his return to the showgrounds. Glad to be back and uh, good to get a day and see some familiar faces. So, yeah, good to get back. The familiarity must have been a big thing in you coming back to the showgrounds. I'm sure you had interest from other clubs around the league as well, but the familiarity aspect of it must have been a big sell for you. Yeah, obviously, like, you know, I love the club and, you know, John and Casey, I've worked with them a good while now, so, yeah, when, when, when they called and Ross hasn't really been off the phone to me for, for since I went over, so um, it was a no-brainer, really. And tell us about your experience since you left Sligo Rovers. Obviously, it might have been a little bit challenging for you since you've left in the UK. How was the experience for you? I really enjoyed it, you know, I, I love Oxford as a club, you know, I love the fans and, you know, I'm still an Oxford player technically, so I have nothing but good words to say about the club, I just find it challenging going over and, you know, not really getting that run of games at the start, not really getting that uh, backing to kick on, you know, I, I know I could do it there, but, you know, you need games you need and you need play, so that's why I came here. And obviously managers chopping and changing over there a fair bit as well, that must have been difficult to adapt to over there. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't help matters, um, but you know that's the, the game over there is ruthless. And um, but I love it. Like you got to love the, the the dark side of the game, so it was it was enjoyable. I love the, the learning side, and you know, but I'm I'm glad to be here now. And you mentioned John obviously hasn't been off the phone to you since uh, since the opportunity came to come back. Obviously, Rovers probably been up and down since you've left. It's going to be a big season this year. Yeah, look, I've been keeping an eye on it um, from across the water, and um, yeah, it's I mean it's a tough league. It's always a tough year. Um, no matter where you are or the players you've got. But, um, yeah, big year ahead. We just have to focus on the process and every day just work hard and, and control the controllables, really. That's like a Rovers keeper, Ed McGinty, with Donald Ryan. And here's Rovers manager John Russell on what McGinty's fresh signature means for his team. It's a massive signing for the club, um, massive signing for the team. You know, I want to bring the best possible players to the club and, and Ed fits that bill you know for the fans to, to see him come through the door today it's exciting um, with a couple of weeks to go to the start of the season and we all know the, the abilities that he has and the attachment he has to the club so look I've been working extremely hard trying to get him in the last couple of months and I'm just delighted now we've got the deal over the line It must have been difficult to kind of field off other offers for what's been or who has been described as the best keeper in the league yeah, he is the best keeper in the league. Uh, he was before he left it and, and he walks in now today, the best keeper in the league and he's going to show it this season. He's going to play as many games as he can and, um, you know, we have to we have to be patient. Yeah, there was, he's a high calibre player, like, he, he, you know, he got bought from this club but there was loads of clubs in from and, you know, I'm just uh, grateful that 
you know, after the, the period of time where he had to reflect and, and, and make tough decision, you know, he wants to play football and he can go to other clubs, but I think knowing um, the staff that he worked with before here, knowing how, how much he's loved by the fans, he's come up through the academy here, you know, you just have to look at the wall, you know, his pictures on the wall, they're all the young players in the academy in Sligo, they, they walk past that uh, every evening when they're training and, you know, he, he's got um, a real legacy here and, and he's going to add to it. As big as a signing it is, John, it's very important as well in terms, I suppose, morale around the club. As you said, it's something that the fans can get excited about, but no doubt Ed's arrival will be a big lift to the team as well. Absolutely, yeah, it's it's huge. Um, I, I'm sure people will stand up around the league and and, and take notice now of Sligo and, and, the, and the team, but definitely within the group, you know, there's we've a lot of new players and you know some of them don't actually know Ed. Um, uh, which is funny, you come in this morning and, and they wouldn't wouldn't remember or, or know of him because they've come into the league, the likes of Conor Malley, Ellis Chapman, these guys, so they wouldn't have seen Ed play. And um, But we know the quality he has, the fans know, and, and it's really exciting to get a, a player of that quality uh, back to the club. And just on that note as well, John, how is the squad gelling together so far? Obviously just the one pre-season game played to this day, but with a, a large number of new players coming in, how are things starting to click for overs? Yeah, I've been really happy with the progress we've made over the, the kind of four weeks now. Um, we had to cancel the game last night, which is unfortunate. You're, you're putting those games on to, to build up the, the fitness levels, but also to, to work on your style of play and, and for all the new players to get uh, used to each other. But the training's going really well. The, the guys have um, have gelled, they've settled in. Um, we, we look forward to um, a good game at the weekend now against Galway down, down in Westport. And it's about you know building up those connections over the next two or three weeks and that we arrive to the first game of the season with everyone fit and healthy and raring to go. And I think it's safe to say as well, John Rovers probably aren't finished in the transfer market just yet. No, uh, I know we need to strengthen. We're, we're low on numbers at the moment. Um, I've got to try and be as creative as, as I can in terms of the finances. We know the model we have here. Everyone's working extremely hard behind the scenes. You know, this is a club that's owned and run by the supporters. So everything that's been raised between season tickets, you know, uh, all the different initiatives, it's all going into trying to develop the ground, trying to put a, a team on the pitch that can be competitive and, and do well and, and make the supporters proud. I'm looking to try and recruit players that can help us this season. If I can get another one or two in, that would be brilliant. Um, I'm working extremely hard. I know there's one or two spots that I need to fill. Um, so hopefully I can get that business done before we uh, kick off against Bowles. Sligo Rovers boss John Russell with Donal Ryan on the return of Ed McGinty and other potential arrivals. Russell's women's team counterpart, Tommy Hewitt, continues to add to his squad. Sligo-born Yvonne Hedigan has signed for Rovers this week after a couple of injury-interrupted seasons with Bohemians. Hedigan, who's 26, is a defender. She played alongside Emma Hansbury in an FAI Cup final for Castle Bar Celtic back in 2013. She was also with Galway for a time before joining Bowles three years ago. Then she broke her leg at the end of 2021 and the road back has been a complicated one as she's been explaining to Ocean FM Sport. Well Tommy got in contact with me back in November and just asked me would I take a call and would I be interested in come back to, to Sligo Rovers and um, you know since Sligo was developed the team was developed two years ago I you know I kind of always wanted to go home, go back and, and Say that I represented the club, so I think when Tommy got in contact with me back in November, I, you know, kind of sparked an interest there. So, um, that kind of started it off really. And then 
we had numerous calls over the winter then and I think I've kind of finally made my decision there about two weeks ago that I will come back and it was the ideal opportunity to come back, come back from an injury and stuff and come back and represent my home club. And obviously, Yvonne, you have been out injured for a fair while now, as you mentioned. How are you shaping up now in terms of that injury? Yeah, so I obviously broke my leg back in September 21 and I went through the whole rehab um, process and found out that it, the tibia plateau had collapsed during rehab, which meant that I had to get an osteotomy to, to re-break the leg and, and, and replace it back. Um, so yeah, obviously it was very difficult for me for the last two years. Um, you know, w- one injury is, is bad in itself, but then to have to, to go through the process again. But it just kind of, I guess, um, made me never take the, the game for granted, I think, really. And, and you know, what drove me on to try and get back to the position that I am now where I'm ready to play again. It certainly sounds like Tommy didn't have a big job on his hands to sell like or overseer. No, he didn't. Like, no, I think it's, a, it's an absolute honour and a privilege to go back and, and represent your home club. Um, so, you know, he didn't have to. He, he didn't have to persuade me too much, anyway. At least. And Yvonne, do you think that uh, Bohemians maybe could have achieved a little bit more in your time there? Obviously, you were there for three years. Bows were kicking on a fair bit, but do you think that maybe the, they missed the boat on a couple of things? Uh, yeah, look, obviously Bows are, you know, this is, I think that was their, their fourth year in the league, so it was a, a building process for them as well. But I think, you know, to be fair to Sean, when he was in there, you know, they were trying to increase league position um, as each year went on. And, and they did that, you know, last season, the girls were joined third um, for the majority of the season and obviously kind of slipped away towards the end. So, yeah, and look, obviously Cup Finals, um, I think we got two nice draws the last two years as well. So, I think we could have could have probably pushed on a little bit there, but look, you know the the league is is forever getting better, and and you can see that year in year out. But um, yeah, look, obviously I think Bose did well last year. I think they obviously, like I said, they were joined turf from the start of the season, but unfortunately kind of slipped away. But now Bose is a great club. I can't take anything from them. You know they they were like a second like a second family to me. So it was in Dublin, so I don't have a bad word to say about them really, to be honest. And obviously you will be based in Dublin for the duration of the season with your work as well. Will it be difficult to juggle that now, coming back to Sligo for trainings and stuff? Or? Yeah, obviously I'm working here in Sport Ireland campus then, so I kind of work Monday to, to Thursday kind of here and then obviously I commute down then. So I kind of spend half my week in Sligo and half the week in Dublin. But I think, you know, because I've been out so long, I, I don't think the journey for me is, is a is a massive factor to be honest I just want to get back playing and get back playing it's a game I love really more than anything so yeah obviously there's going to, it's going to be difficult and it's going to be tiring and there's going to be weeks that are going to be a little bit harder than others but look it's what I want to do and it's uh, like I said I want to go back and represent my home club this season so I think that that love and drive will make it a little bit easier And Yvonne how far can you see Sligo Rovers going this year I mean the squad has been fairly strengthened over the off season with the additions of Kelsey Monroe and Marin Devaney as well yourself included in that bolstering what's already there already how far can you see Rovers going this year yeah like like I said and I said to Tommy and I, I you know I'd be good friends at Emma Hans and stuff and like I said so I'm like Sligo are very good going forward you know they were a serious threat last season and any team that'll say that like I, you know some of the talking to some of the Shells girls and that you know they, they always say everybody says that Sligo was very strong going forward but unfortunately there was just a uh, few moments where goals were let in behind the defence and I think you know Tommy could see that when he came in there he could see that they were strong on four but we just needed to strengthen up a little bit in other areas and 
that's what Tommy has done. You know, he's brought in players and he's the likes of Mern is brilliant, Kelsey Monroe, like they're serious quality coming in there. So Tommy knows exactly what he what he had to do and he's done that, you know, he's brought in some defensive players to try and strengthen it up and strengthen the squad up a little bit. So I do think that Sligo can can push on now and I do think that there will be a dark horse this year and I think that they, you know, trying to increase that league position and again with Cup Cup games, you never know how Cup's going to go. I think Cup comes down to who really wants it more on the day and we'd be obviously looking to strive on and try and get a Cup final there and, and increase league position definitely. That's new Sligo Rovers defender Yvonne Hedigan, North Sligo native, speaking to Donal Ryan there and fighting fit again after a couple of difficult injury seasons at Bohemians. Let's take you back to Gaelic football's Allianz Football League for a few moments and talk Donegal and Division 2 for the next while. Cork are the visitors to McCool Park on this opening weekend for match one. It's a 145 throw-in in Bally Buffet. Cork have named their starting 15 tonight. It includes two cast Castlehaven club men, Jack Cahalan in the backs, Brian Hurley in the forwards. Manus Boyle will be part of our commentary team at McCool Park on Sunday and he's on the line. Manus, I find myself already wondering how do Donegal and Jim McGuinness rein in expectations around this team, around the county? It's still only January, yet whether they like it or not, there, there is a head of steam being built up around this side. Yeah, well, I suppose with, uh, I mean, really with the disappointment of last year's relegation and, and the poor showing in the Ulster uh, Championship Boston, uh, Donegal supporters were starved a lot of success. And then I suppose with the name of Jim and it's, you know, the second coming, if you want to call it that, um, you know, people believe that Jim is the one that can that can garnish that success for Donegal, that can put us back on the, on the right road again. Um, so, you know, it's been a, even though it's just 12 years, it's, it's been a long time for a lot of people, um, you know, to have, to be at Crow Park every year, to be at Ulster Finals every year. And when that comes away for a couple of seasons, um, you know, people may lose interest, but, you know, uh, Jim coming back, um, has certainly revitalized the interest and, and the euphoria that comes with it. To give him his dues, Jim McGuinness has made himself very accessible to the media in recent days and weeks. And I haven't heard him make any bold predictions about the season ahead. That might be a little different privately amongst the Donegal support. Is it realistic to expect Donegal to go straight back up to Division 1 having come down last season? I'm not sure if it's realistic, uh, Austin. I think, I think we've seen um, with the McKenna Cup final against Derry the the difference. I mean, yeah, we can we can point to the fact that maybe Donegal were maybe short, maybe five six regulars, but we also can point to Derry were short five or six, maybe seven regulars. You know, as well as a number of players that were on that Glen. Um, all Ireland club winning team, so there I have a lot of quality to come in. Donegal certainly have quality to come in, but you never know after a, te- a season of relegation and poor performance in uh, in, in a championship. Players' confidence levels will only get to a certain level that the manager can take them to, but they need to be playing and they need to be playing well to get their own confidence up. Uh, so that's going to take a wee bit of time. It's going to take a bit of time to blend the new players that Jim has brought in. He's going to take a certain style, maybe different to what 
you know, we were used to maybe with Declan Bonner. Um, it will certainly be more defensive, but also I think, to be fair, looking at the couple of uh, the McKenna Cup games, there were certainly a good deal of kicking going on. So he kind of figures he probably has to move the ball to get the most out of the likes of Oshin Gallon and that. But that's changing the mindset. That's changing away because all these players through their club games, you know, are, keep the ball, and move the ball through the hands, and and you know, so there is going to be changes. Um, just looking at the fixtures, I mean, it's kind of like a mini Ulster Championship. You know, you have Cavan, Fermanagh, and Armagh to play. Um, and that that's kind of all in the first four or five games, you know. So, uh, so Division Two is it's not going to be easy um, because it's you know week on week on week, and you know there's a, a, um, six seven games in a, in a ten week period. Players are going to pick up injuries. Players are going to lose form. So, has Jim had enough time to get? high level of quality of players and get them his message across how he wants to play the game and also get their fitness levels to the level that they need to compete and maybe compete against the likes of Armagh who who came down last year who will want to go back up after a good show in, in last year's championship. So I don't think it's realistic whether Jim quietly would hope they will. I'm sure he will because you know he'll want to win every game but he'd be realistic too, you know. Just to go back on the potential change of style, we've heard quite a bit of chat that Donegal are kicking the ball more. Um, w- w- would you be optimistic that these players, if there is going to be a change of system, can embrace that quickly? Or some managers tell us it takes a long time to change a team's style of play? Yeah, well, I, I mean, it definitely does take a long time because it's ingrained in many of the players from when they go through maybe academies and, and under-17s and under-20s. Managers are, are are very reluctant to change something that worked for Jim, that worked for Dublin, was keeping the ball, keeping men behind the ball all the time. Even in the ladies' game now, you see a lot of it. Um, and, and people were reluctant to kick because once you kick the ball, unless... You know, it's 60-40 at, at, at best for you. It can be, it's really a 50-50. So nobody likes to give away possession. It will be interesting when we see the likes of Michael Langan, um, Jason McGee, uh, Owen Van Galler back in the team and because th- those are three players that are used to kicking. Uh, if you watch them at their club games, they're, they're very, their first option is to move the ball quickly and move the ball long. And when you have somebody with the likes of Oshin Gallon inside, who is a you know a bit like Tony Boyle, he can win his own ball. He he's very for the for the fight. Um, he likes the tussle with the fullback, and and you know that'll suit Donegal. They need a, a kind of a person that they can rely on to move the ball quickly into. So. Um, yeah, I think they'll change because they know that the short game hasn't worked as well for them uh, this last number of years, so they need to do something different, Austin. Yeah, to finish, Manas, you've mentioned the, the, the three Ulster teams in there for that mini-championship cavern for Mana and Armagh. They've also got games to come against Kildare, Colm O'Rourke's Meath um, and Loud in Ballyshannon. The advantage for Donegal, four, are, four games are at home and three are away. Who are Donegal's biggest obstacles, would you say, to promotion in Division 1? Is it Colin well, Mead? Is it Armagh? Might it be the first team they're going to meet, Cork? You know, 
because we, we you know we're we're just looking at teams that are playing in McKenna Cups or Burn Cups and not there. It's it's very hard to know where teams are, especially to they'll have a lot of players away at Sigerson Cups, so there'll be different levels of fitness uh, throughout the squad. Um, the expectations are high because Jim came back and Donegal will be seen as one of the, the major players. I think Armagh. Um, I think Kieran McGinney getting another couple of years in charge. I think Kildare will come strong again. Um, and I, I, I do think Cork under John Cleary will, will bring something different. They've been in the doldrums that long now that they know that they have to do something and they have to do something very quickly, especially on the back of, of Castlehaven and, and their good run in the, in the club championship. But the importance of uh, one in your home games um, and cementing your place in the top, at least the top four of, of Division Two, is important for next year's championship. You know, uh, you know, for for 2025, because you know you want to be, you know, looking at the Sam Maguire and not Talton Cups and all that. There, so it's important that you get off to a good start, and that your home games have to be bankers. You know. Indeed. Manus Boyle, as always, thank you. And Manus will be part of our commentary team in Ballet Buffet this Sunday. Donegal against Cork throws in at 1.45. It's live here on Ocean FM on our 105 FM frequency. Compliments of Donegal Plumbing and Heating. It is the deferred match on TG Cahar uh, this Sunday, not the live game. So there will be a full deferred showing of Donegal against Cork on TG Cahar this Sunday afternoon. Let's finish with a bit of rugby. The Connacht back uh, the Connacht forward, Jared Butler will be uh, in Sligo Town Centre tomorrow afternoon doing a meet and greet with the public at Horan's Healthcare Store in the town. He won't just be talking rugby, he'll be talking skincare as well. We'll hear more about that in just a moment but he's been talking to us first of all and about that win that timely win over Bristol in the Champions Cup last weekend their first of the pool stage in their final pool game. It hasn't got them to the knockout stages of the Champions Cup but it has got them to the business end of the Challenge Cup and he's been telling Ocean FM Sport where that win came from last Friday. It came out of a little bit of frustration with some of the results we had had already with the Champions Cup um, you know, we had some close games, some poor games. I think just in general, we really wanted to put a good performance together. We knew, we spoke about it at the start of the week, that we, we didn't try to hide away from it. Like, we needed to get five points. We had to take five points away from that Bristol game, and we couldn't allow them to get any bonus points as well. So what that meant is we had to be the best versions of ourselves in attack and then the best versions of ourselves in defence because of the, the quality of players that they've got in that team. So it was pretty it was pretty satisfying to to be able to just apply pressure over that 80 minutes and, and get a really good performance. And it ensures Challenge Cup rugby for you, so you've, you've still got European rugby to look forward to. Exactly. like That was really important for us still still be in the mixer and still have the opportunity to, to go and win something this year. Uh, obviously, we're still kind of mid-table in, a, in, a, in a, a decent spot in the URC after what was a really tough first half of the season. And then to still be around in Europe is important as well. Like we're watching that uh, Saracens game uh, last night, kind of after half time, you've got a little bit of optimism that maybe things might go away, but that wasn't to be. But um, to still be involved in Europe in the Challenge Cup, it, you know, it's still really exciting, and uh, and and uh, we're looking forward to moving forward with that. And what is the key for Connacht, Jared? Is it consistency? Is that the, is that the nut you haven't cracked yet? 
Uh, like I think we're starting to really build that consistency. I don't think it's a nut we haven't cracked. I think we've shown with some of our games we've really put together strong uh, 70, 80 minute performances. Uh, I think it's just about, Jesus, so hard to say really, but I feel like regardless, we're moving in a really positive direction. Look, we, we seem to be playing better 13 weeks. Uh, 13 games it's been a real tough slog we've had some really tough games back to back to back and uh, I think it's all very much ahead of us now we've got a decent run coming up now it's a bit more spaced out we'll be able to rest bodies and get guys uh, back to 100% so I'm really excited about what we've got ahead of us both in the URC and, and in the Challenge Cup well, alongside your rugby commitments, you have other non-rugby commitments and you're coming to Sligo next week, Jared. Um, I'm guessing people in this part of the world mightn't associate you with skincare, but that's something that you are working on as another part of your re- repertoire. Tell us about sports skin. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for that. I appreciate you um, letting me speak about it a little bit. Like Training exercise has been a part of my life as a professional rugby player for over a a decade now consistently and in that time I've kind of seen firsthand the toll that you know the heat and the cold and the sweat and the dirt and all these factors have have on on my skin and 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 I've really struggled to find a range that matched that matched up with with my lifestyle like I wanted a product that was natural free of chemicals but most importantly like worked really well in like rehydrating and reducing redness and helping me recover and and that's where the journey for uh, sports skin and this brand came to be so I've spent the last three years since I've been in Ireland now working with dermatologists and skincare care professionals around Ireland and, and we're really excited to, to put together a range of products that we think work really well and that we think uh, match up with anybody that, that has a health and well-being lifestyle so that's where we're going to be at Horan's Health Store on O'Connell Street on Friday the 26th this week from 3.30 to 5 so if anyone's like-minded, wants to have a chat, wants to uh, see some of the products that, that we have there at Horan, it would be brilliant to, to have you there. So please come down and check it out. And was this something you've always had an interest in, Jared? I think it, like being involved in sports for such a long time, just somewhere along the line, I, I always thought, geez, it would be great to have something, a range of products that really matched up with someone that, wants to look after their body that loves training, working out, exercising, and wants something that kind of reflects those values. You know, there's lots of products on the market that at the moment that are loaded with chemicals and things like that. And I really don't think, well, for me, anyway, way they reflected the type of lifestyle that I wanted to be living. So uh, it's, it's kind of been bred out of necessity more than anything. And then uh, my, myself, I started getting into it. And then my business part, partner, Nizi Adiyalokan, who is an ex-Connacht player, uh, we we both just started kind of slowly working it out. Like I'm not a business person <laughs> by any means. It's been a real slow uh, process, just got learning as we go. But we're really excited of what we've come up with, and uh, and we're hoping that everyone else enjoys the products as well. That's Connacht rugby player Jared Butler, and Jared will be in Sligo Town Centre this Friday afternoon from half three to five o'clock at Horan's Healthcare Store on O'Connell Street. A reminder that the final whistle is available as a podcast each week on oceanfm.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. Search for Ocean FM Sport to find it. We're back next week, same time, same place.